With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Crossed Up. Thursday, October 12th, the morning after just an absolute beatdown by the Phillies over the Atlanta Braves at Citizens Bank Park last night. Phillies have a 2-1 NLDS lead now. They're one win away from having home field advantage in the NLCS against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Anthony, I'll bring you in quick here. It's going to be a condensed episode today, trying to squeeze one in for the listeners just to get some post-game reaction here. Um, and what was your big takeaway last night? I mean, certainly Aaron Nola was great. Certainly Nick Castellanos was great. But I suppose... Bryce Harper is the headline story here this morning. Well, I mean, he's the headline story for a number of reasons, Bob, but but primarily it's because it doesn't matter when it happens. The guy just performs. It doesn't matter how big the stage is. He performs. It doesn't matter if it's a regular season, middle of the summer game. He's going to perform more often than not. And, you know, and you look at his numbers in his career year in, year out. It's why he's a future Hall of Famer, but to take it to the level he took it last night, using motivation of another guy laughing at his mistake that got out of the Braves locker room and letting it fuel him to the point where he hits not one but two home runs in the game and and talks about it afterwards about how it fueled him. And you and I were in that press conference, man, and we how many times did we look over at each other with the <laughs> st- stuff that he was saying, like, holy cow. Like that is the takeaway. Like that, he's a stone cold killer. He really is. And it's amazing. Like we could sit here and probably do 45 minutes on just Bryce Harper's game and then do another 20 minutes on the press conference. And we're trying to condense all of this into a 20, 25 minute show here uh, this morning. I mean, you said it, there were so many times where we looked at one another during that press conference. And one of the things I will say about that, and then we can get into the game is that You know, he acknowledges that everyone believes he panders. And I do think that he dresses some of uh, his words up a little bit. And I think he does want to try to strike that core with the fan base. But I also do think for a guy to sit there for whatever it was, 20, 25 minutes last night and just answer the questions the way that he did. I do believe that there is a, a genuine nature to his answers. I believe that he loves it here. I believe that he does appreciate what this fan base brings, especially during the month of October. Um, I, I really do believe that there's a true sense of, of appreciation for all of this. And I love the fact that he admitted, Hey, yeah, I looked at him like he, like he owned it, you know? And I thought that they sort of sidestepped the, the Deion Sanders coach prime stuff. I don't buy that excuse for one moment. I think that's a bunch of nonsense, but I love the fact that he kind of dug into it a little bit and said, yeah, like he said what he said. And I, I made sure that I enjoyed it when I looked at him, I thought it was great. Yeah, and, and I think that you're right about the genuineness of it, Bob, because when he was talking about that last night, and then look, he didn't, it's not like he came in immediately off the field or was, you know, within 10 minutes. Like he was the the fourth person in the room. So it was probably a good 
what do you think? 40 minutes after the game yeah. is over. So you usually have a lot of time to decompress after a game. Right. And he was emotional when he mm-hmm. brought it up. Like he was, he stopped himself a couple of times, you know, from getting choked up talking about how, how much this means to him and playing in this city means to him. Um, and, and he also was a little bit choked up because of, you know, people ask him, well, how do you deal with the pressure, you know, of constantly coming through in these situations? And he talked about, you know, how, the press, pressure in his life was before when he be, before he became a professional before he got his 330 million dollar contract it was you know getting to this point he says now it's just fun man like yeah. just go out there and i'm just having fun like this is in, embracing it and to, so many athletes don't do that so many athletes put that pressure on themselves and Bryce is able to separate it he's like I, i've already gotten everything that i want in the world other than a championship and I'm just going to go out there and have fun and try and get it. And that's what—that's why he's so good in those moments. I wrote this on Crossing Broad, but I, I said, as soon as I saw that tweet with Castellanos and Harper wearing the University of Colorado, the Deion Sanders stuff, I said, like, that's the closest thing that you can have. That, that That's like the sports almanac from Back to the Future. I mean, yeah. like, you knew it right then. Like, it's Bryce Harper, man. It's like, it's Bryce Harper in October. You knew that he was going to do something last yeah. night. The, the, we sat through that entire press conference, and I thought the best part of it came right at the very end. Yep. He responds to a question and says, how did you find out about what Arcia said? And he said, yeah, you know, a couple teammates told me. And then they said, what are you going to do? And, and that was the end of the press conference. And it was just, it was perfect. It was truly a, a, a perfect end to it. And I mean, what he did was he hit two home runs and he, he totally altered the feel of the game in the third inning. And for the second straight postseason, I know this connection has been made quite a bit, but the bottom of the third inning game three NLDS Phillies Braves, huge home run last year with Reese Hoskins fuels a six run inning last night. You get the Harper home run that fuels the six run inning. It's, it's truly remarkable. The parallels between the two um, you look at this though now, and it's not all about Bryce Harper. It is. And it isn't, you know, there are a lot of things I think that you can kind of extract from last night's game and say, all right, like, you know, not only is Nick Castellanos a guy that hits two home runs and sort of gets overshadowed last night, but you go back now and look at his swings over the past two games. And I did this uh, this morning. He has seven balls in play over the last two games with exit velos over 95 miles an hour. Five of them are over 100 miles an hour. I mean, that's a, a dorky way of saying that he is absolutely dialed in right now. It's not just the production, the four hits in the two games. He's hitting everything hard. And you, you start to look at this game tonight now because it really is all about tonight. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting. The Phillies are, if you look at the odds, I think a, a slight underdog tonight, but they're a pretty strong favorite to win the series, and that's because they get two cracks at it. You have this game at home. You have, again, I do not believe in momentum, but you have some really good vibes coming in. You have the crowd. You have Ranger Suarez, who over his last 30 innings against the Braves has a .90 ERA, too. So, like, yes, the Braves have that advantage tonight, but the the Phillies can counter. You look at it and say they need someone tonight to provide that big swing, and maybe it's Bryce Harper again. But, like, who's that other guy going to be? And can it be Nick Castellanos again? Like, there, you look at Brandon Marsh and what he did last night with the three hits and hit a lot of balls hard. He's been quiet now for a while. Is this the game that gets him going against Strider, who he's hitting 308 against during his career? Like, they need someone else tonight 
to, to provide that big swing. And I, I think that that's going to be what determines this game. You know who it would be nice if they got it from? <laughs> I do. Yeah. 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 Four for 21 this postseason. Four yeah. for 21 with two walks. Yeah. I mean, it's not been awful. I mean, it's kind of Kyle Forberish, right? I mean, when you when you really think about it, four for 21 is just under 200. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, right so in line with the season average. Right in line with what he's done all year. Um, and, and he did get that leadoff double in game one on the first pitch right against Strider. Um, so, like, you know, maybe that's a, a thing. Maybe you look at it and say, okay, he's on Strider's fastball a little bit. Um, he's going to – he can maybe get on one and, and, and put one out of the park. So, like, like that's a guy I want to see in game four do something different because if you look at – you look through the rest of this lineup, like, everybody else has kind of given you something Yeah. so far, right? I'm giving yeah. you a little something. Um, maybe Rojas is the other one who hasn't. But, um, yeah, that, uh, it'd be nice to see Schwarber do it. But, yeah, you're right about the guys you mentioned. Bob, I mean, you know – we know about Harper. We could talk, like you said, we could talk about him all day. But Castellanos, man, has been the guy for this for the Phillies. He just keeps coming back. Yeah, he's had his lulls, but it just you know after every lull, it, he comes back again and yeah. makes him makes his presence known. And this is as this is as locked in as he's been, you know, in a short span, maybe all season. And I thought it was funny during his press conference last night when someone asked him about how well he's been hitting. That he asked, uh, how many games? Like he wanted to know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like what what span of games that this guy was like? Because that's you know he that's the kind of answers that he gives. Like he he wants to make sure that he gives you the right answer, um, but he also wants to wants to make sure that you're paying attention to you know what he's doing in a certain span of games as well. Those it was really interesting to hear. But yeah, I think that there's a but that's the beauty of this lineup, Bob. When it's going, like it could be any of these people. Be any of them. Like, there's nobody in that lineup where you go, yeah, that guy's probably not going to help them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at it like game one, they were pretty quiet. Schwarber leadoff double, Harper gets him later in the game with the solo home run. Stott had, I believe, two hits against them, and that was yeah. it. That was the only yeah. offense that they generated against Spencer Strider in game one. But you go up and down this lineup and say, all right, well, Castellanos, it's a, it's a tough matchup against Strider for sure, but he's locked in right now. Obviously, you see what Harper was capable of in game one and what he did last night and the fact that he's Bryce Harper. Uh, Bryce and Stott can get him. Brandon Marsh has gotten him. Can he get him tonight? And then you're just waiting for Kyle Schwarber to have that swing, and you think the longer he stays in it, and I said this, I, I guess, last week, the longer he stays in it and the more games they play, it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time. If you get into that five, six-game stretch where Kyle Schwarber's locked in, it's over. Right now, the Marlins and the Braves have gotten to this point, and and Schwarber hasn't really made that that impact. He hasn't had that stretch. So mm-hmm. you just wonder, like, is tonight the night that maybe that, that switch flips for him? And we'll see. Um, I was talking with Ant, Ant Jr. last night, and he made a pretty astute observation. And, and look, we – We've praised Brian Snicker on on this show before. He's a hell of a manager. The Braves have a heck of a coaching staff. But Anthony said, "I think the Phillies are in their are in their heads from a preparation standpoint." I mean, here's a guy, manager of a team, won a championship just a couple years ago, won the world whole thing, had the best record in baseball, most prolific offense in regular season in the history of the game, who came into this series and changed his lineup. Came into this series with Sean Murphy as a starting catcher. The Phillies steal five bases off of him, and they're like, okay, now i got to go to Travis Darnold. 
you know, comes into the game thinking, oh man, I need a little bit better offense. So I'm going to start Eddie Rosario and not the better defensive outfielder and Kevin Pillar, who maybe makes the catch on the, uh, on the real Muto double last night and keeps that a closer game because uh, he's a much better defensive outfielder. And, and the Braves are sticking with, stick with Rosario and it, it ends up costing him a little bit there. And the, and the bottom of the, you know, moves Michael Harris around the lineup from six to nine and like you can't find a set spot and Harris hasn't done anything. He, he he said maybe it's maybe the Phillies have just gotten into the Braves' mindset on how they prepare for this series, and then it, that little that little extra takes away from what they able, what they're able to do. And then you heard Snicker last night when the Atlanta reporters were were peppering him with about his yeah. decisions, and like he didn't have any answers. In all honesty, and he was just like, yeah, you know, you're going to get second guess when you make a wrong decision all the time. And he had a lot of wrong decisions, you know, in, in that game. And it makes you wonder, like, just how much of an impact the Phillies having no holes in that lineup goes into the goes into what's going on with the Braves right now. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I mean, it was surprising that after the Castellanos home run, there were a couple batters, obviously, between what happened and, and then how then the inning escalated, right? Yeah. And you kind of say to yourself, like, how did they let that go on? Like, the question was, why didn't you go to Brad Hand against Harper earlier? Like, yeah. and, and you have to, like, I thought that was a very poorly managed game. And but my biggest takeaway after after three games here, one, like, you still can't help. Like, I know the win last night helps you turn the page, and you feel like, okay, you're up two one, you're at home, you've got two cracks at this home field, all this, whatever, if you want to call it momentum, all the vibes, whatever tonight. And then if you have to go to a game five back in Atlanta, you feel like you have the advantage with Wheeler against Freed. And so you you feel like you're in a good spot, but I couldn't help but feel like this series should be over. The mm -hmm. Phillies have, have dominated this series. They've dominated this series from a pitching perspective. I think that they've dominated this series from a managerial perspective. I know there has been some criticisms of what Rob Thompson did in game two. I don't agree with them. I know that you don't agree with them. And they've certainly dominated this from an offensive perspective. So I, I just look at this whole thing and say this series should be over. The, th the Phillies have thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly just destroyed this Braves team this week. Now, that, that brings us to tonight, and I guess I want to just get some of your thoughts. Actually, you know what? One other thing that we have to do, because I, I think that this is wildly unfair. We've spent so much time talking about Aaron Nola, and Certainly, he's going to get overshadowed after a team hits six home runs. Castellanos and Harper each hit two. It's a great night. It's a big party. But how about Aaron Nola now, who in two postseason starts here has a 173 ERA, five and two thirds last night? He leaves the game only having given up one earned run, ends up being two after Strom comes in and allows the inherited runner to score. But just a great start for Aaron Nola against a great lineup. And the thing that was so impressive about it was that first inning gets the two quick outs. Then he gets the bloop to center. Then he gets the Olsen swinging bunt. And how many times this season did we see that turn into something? How many times this season did we see that turn into a three-run homer where you're like, man, that really escalated quickly. That really got away from him. Third inning, he gives up the, the run. You go, all right, here we go. Uh-oh. And again, he bears down and he gets out Marcelo Zuna in a huge spot. Like he gave the Phillies ch a chance to wake up offensively last night. And if he doesn't do that, they don't win the game. I, I believe that. That they fall behind 3-4-0, I don't think that the Phillies come back from that. We'll never know. But the fact that Nola was able to bear down in those spots early on and let that thing turn into the party that it became was a great job by him. 
Yeah, it was a really, really good start for him. Um, I, I I probably would have let him finish the inning, uh, but I understand why they went and got him when they did in the sixth. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's not just those last two starts. I mean, in the in the postseason, it's the game against Pittsburgh to, to clinch the the playoff spot. It was the start against the Braves before that. Right. And I can remember us on the show about a month ago, kind of looking at his what starts he had left and thinking. If he, if this is the Aaron Nola you're going to get, it's not going to be a long run for the Phillies. He's going to be an X factor and you need him to be a lot better if you have if you want to have a chance at the World Series. Well, he's answered that. He's answered the bell on that, Bob. I mean, and you really think about it. And you, you wrote something that was really kind of, you know, prescient in the sense that it said, Look, this guy's in, had four memorable playoff outings in the last two years, and then if you tackle on the the games clinching the the yeah. playoff berth at the end of the regular season, which are, were in essence like playoff games last year more so than this year, um, that's six huge starts. And he, yeah, did he have did he have a not a great start against the Padres in the NLCS? Right, and he didn't look great in the World Series, but he was you know I think the guy was spent. He's in much better physical shape now. They're managing his innings a little bit better now, and you're getting better Aaron Nola. You're getting the Aaron Nola that you were hoping you would get all season. And I think he's doing a heck of a job, kind of making you forget that he had a down year because yeah. he's doing something that a lot of pitchers don't do when they have a down year. And that's rebound in the postseason and kind of start over. Yeah, extremely impressive. Heck, how many times did we compare this Aaron Nola season to the 2009 Cole Hamels season? Cole Hamels, right? Yeah. And we saw what happened to Cole Hamels that year. You know, he gets to the he gets to the postseason, and remember the famous words like, "I just can't wait for this season to be over." And you're like, "Dude, come on! Like, you're making yeah. a World Series run here." Um, you know, so for Nola to do that and to have this 180 in the postseason is has been ultra impressive and. You know, I just really think that uh, now is not the time to uh, reflect on what he's been to this organization or talk about what will happen beyond this year or if he's a big game pitcher. But I think that he made quite a statement last night. And, uh, you know, he really did, I think, allow the Phillies to kind of catch their breath, get things rolling and take control of this series, which brings us to tonight. And I, I apologize to all of you listening. You're used to us going for about 45 minutes to an hour. We only have about three minutes left here. Um, what is your, your overall sense going into this game tonight? I still worry about tonight a little bit. I mean, I'm not certain that I know the fans are going to be all over Strider. They were chanting, we want Strider yesterday. Like, I mean, they, they want to, they want to be the, the, the people who unnerve Strider because he doesn't quote unquote, like crowds after that, um, lighthearted interview that he did about three weeks ago about uh, about crowd noise, um, and so they're going to be all over him. But I don't I don't think Strider is the Strider's the kind of guy who shrinks in that moment. I think that he's got a little bit of he, like this might fuel him a little bit. I think this is going to be a tough matchup for the Phillies. The key is going to be how do they handle the pitching on their end? You know, Ranger Suarez is going to start. Is he on a short leash again, or? Will they let him go a little bit longer this time? Um, or, or are they going to try and match it up like they did in game one and and use that philosophy where you go seven pitchers and, and you know, try and beat the Braves that way? I mean, it's possible. I mean, they, they've – Bob, the, the one thing I, I wanted to mention from this game or from this series, the Braves had struck out the sixth fewest times of any team in Major League Baseball this year. 
the Phillies have struck them out 30 times in the first three games. I mean, they they found something. There's and and it's different types of pitchers that are getting these strikeouts. And Nola had nine last night. We were talking about how it was all high velocity. There's some swing and miss at 97 and above. Well, Nola doesn't throw anywhere close to 97 and had nine strikeouts. And he wasn't yeah. even using his changeup last night. I mean, I asked him about that in a press conference, and he said that um, you know his he just didn't have a good feel for it, and so he like kind of abandoned it. So he took away one of his better pitchers, pitches and was still striking them out. So the Phillies have figured something out with getting the Braves to swing and miss at a lot of pitches. So that's the one advantage I think that the Phillies can try and continue to take advantage of. I, I know I picked the Phillies in five. This one scares me a little bit tonight, but there's also something about the way that they're approaching this team and, and the way that they've yeah. handled this lineup. And I think that they could – in fact, pull this one out and, and and wrap it up in four and let's start talking about the Diamondbacks for next week. Yeah, if I rewind all the way back to April 1 and I just take in all the information that I've gathered through six months, I'd say that the Braves win this game tonight. It's going to game five. And I actually feel good about the Phillies in a fifth game. I do. Yeah. Um, I, I just think Wheeler is better than Freed straight up. And I think that this team is tougher than the Braves. Um, and, and I think I can cite a lot of data and a lot of information that, yeah. that validates that claim. I, I don't like the matchup on paper tonight. I, I do think that there might be something to be said for what you alluded to earlier, which is the Phillies are in this team's head. And for that reason, I, I absolutely could see this thing going down tonight. I will um, be spineless, and I'll flip my prediction. I think the Phillies are going to win this series. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know how they're going to do it. But I would point out, like I said at the top, Braves are favored tonight. Phillies are minus 250 to win this series. And I think there's a reason for that, and it's because they're the better team. The Phillies are the better team right now. Um, maybe you play out 162, and they, they are two weeks behind the Braves. But whatever it is, magic – belief, resilience, whatever it is, this team right now is better than the Atlanta Braves, and so I don't know how you pick against them. It's the Rob Thompson line. This team is built for now. Yeah. Just find so, a way to get there, and this team is built to win at this time of year. That's the yeah. way that they're put together. And it's yeah. it's credit to Dombrowski because that's you know having the foresight to, to look at it and say, we do enough to get there. We're, we're, we're the best team. Yeah, we're, they're right there. We'll see. You know, the only thing, I, and I said it to you last night, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but I'll just kind of end on this thought. You know, you have the, the game three of the World Series last year. They hit all the home runs. They get the McCullers. It's a party. You're like, they're going to win. I said to you, leaving the stadium that night, I think this team's going to win the World Series. And then they come back the next night and they get no hit, right? Like, you, you have to understand that each of these games are its own thing. And if I were Rob Thompson, I would be pointing that out this afternoon. I'd say, hey, yeah. guys, this is great. Guess what? All you got to do is go back to last year to realize that you better refocus because what happened last night does not mean it's going to be what happens tonight. And and I would point that out and we'll see we'll see what happens, but I think if you're a Phillies fan right now, you have to feel pretty damn good about what you're looking at. I agree with you, Bob. I know you got to run, so let's let's yeah. wrap it up here and uh, we'll do this again uh, tomorrow morning. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll come back with a little bit of a longer show tomorrow morning uh, for Anthony Sanfilippo. I'm Bob Wankel. Check us out on YouTube, anywhere that you get your podcast. Follow Anthony on Twitter at Philly. Read him on Crossing Broad, Phillies and Flyer stuff. You can follow me at Bob Wankel. I'm sorry, Bob underscore Wankel. Make sure that you're checking out my newsletter, redoctoberphilly.com. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.